Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? from section 336 ladies and gentlemen boys and girls baltimore sports fans of all ages welcome to section 336 next generation of baltimore sports talk i of course am your endearly starring host matt sroka as always i'm joined by the guy who's going halloween dressed up as a big old button the button lover josh sroka i did get a halloween costume it is not a button oh what's your halloween costume i have a spider-man costume Oh really? Like well, like one of the one of the bodysuits I've worn it to try to scare the kids. Okay. And I figure they're at the right age now to have fun embarrassing them. Does you oh I know. I Masas is is Luigi and every time so, he wears a Luigi so, costume, I'm shouting at him Luigi and he gets so upset. Uh-huh. You're are you dressing up as Bowser or something? I yeah, I don't I didn't get any I mean we got Mario and Luigi and Faye and Silas and Flora's peaches, so we're rocking that. I don't have anything. I guess I can wear green. I didn't buy anything for Bowser. Oh, see, you need. You weren't thinking. You weren't prepared. I thought you and Emily always do the couple costumes, and you haven't transitioned to family costumes. No, it just get too cheap. Though, though we're getting our money's worth from the Mario and Luigi. We've already been to like four events where they've worn costumes. This is not how it used to be, Josh. I yes. already have a house full of candy. And it's not even uh, Halloween well, yet. No, we got the same thing. We went to a zoo thing. I was I was texting with your wife from the zoo thing, as you were at, I believe, at a trunk or treat. Okay. And yeah. then we went to a trunk or treat thing yesterday, and something else yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And we went to another one just tonight. So right, we got we got candy baskets before we. I I tried the move. I tried to say that we take all that candy that we collected over the weekend, and that's the candy we give out to kids. Yeah, yeah. For Halloween, but no one would, that didn't pass. Instead, I think it was a challenge of can I eat all of this candy before I get more on Tuesday? Yeah, no, we already have a pile of bad candy that we're going to re give. What is your, what do you classify as bad candy? Uh, Tootsie Rolls, um, any form of lollipop for me. Yeah, I I personally don't like, and the kids are so annoying because they'll eat like half of it, then they'll sit somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. All right. So all lollipops. I'm with you on lollipops. I like Tootsie Rolls, but I'm there with lollipops. Anything involving gum? Yep, no, gums. I mean, bad candy. Um, no, we we went over pretty strict training because, I mean, like tonight it was all kind of pick your own out of these buckets, and uh, we went over the kids pretty strictly what you pick for and what you don't pick for in those right. buckets. Right. No razor blades. Yeah. Well, no razor blades and no milk duds. <laughs> yeah, milk duds. All right. Uh, yeah, they're they're in the giveaway pile as well. Right, right, and and leave those Mary Janes alone. Yeah, anything super chewy too. Yeah, not having it. Yeah, yeah, sugar daddies. That's yeah, sugar not daddies sugar the daddy. worst because that's a lollipop and they're super sticky. Yeah, it's get stuck on the roof of your mouth. Uh, yeah, it's 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 miserable. So yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing that either. None of that. I'm with you. So. I, I was wondering, Matt, after our conversation last week, have you had a change of heart this week and you're ready to go camping with me? 
Uh, no, Josh, do you have the camper now? Or did you have a change of heart and say, this is a huge we, mistake. Let me back off this. <laughs> I went, we signed the papers right before the podcast. Oh, so man. I will, I will pick it up tomorrow. Oh man. So All it, right. is, it is coming home. I am camping this coming weekend and I've got like three more trips planned as well before the end of the year. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing those camping updates. So I can't wait for you guys to join us when we come up for the, uh, for the making cherry blossom thing festival yeah absolutely yeah absolutely i'll have a campground saved for you all right yeah well i mean i have a house here so i won't be using that campground yeah you never know it's it's nice to get out in the nature i'm sure silas would love it Mm, i don't know i mean we're not we're not anti-nature over here we don't need to rehash this we're not anti-nature though I, I go outside and go trick or treating. All the trick or treaters right. outside. All the trick or treating. I don't go indoors trick or treating. Do it all outdoors. Uh-huh. That's how I roll. So it's been <laughs> a little right. hot here. I was sweating today. Right. You wrapped up your little league season, didn't you? Yeah, wrapped it up. Um, I I I you know we did some pictures. I did the signed ball where I had everyone sign a baseball and I put okay. on the front. Actually, I had Emily around the front because she has better penmanship. A's fall ball 2023 and then we had all this the kids on the team sign the ball uh which is harder than you think how many four-year-olds how many kids are on your team eight all right see that's reasonable i got i got 12 so i guess yeah. i get 12 balls to do that it set me back a little bit i got 12 balls and then i got cases for the each of the balls oh oh fancy yes yeah. yeah so the each one in a little case um, are we going? Are we streaming somewhere? I can show you one. We're not. I mean, we're not streaming, but we. You can still show me. Okay. Well, I need to show. You, I'm not streaming. Um, I'm just trying to get some a little uh, treat out there. Put it, put, the... it, put it on your TikTok, Doctor Shroka. All right, I put it on my TikTok. I got to. I got to update my TikTok anyway. Um, but but no, it was really it was really a nice a nice thing. And and our kids had the best game of their lives. Everyone was hitting the ball with me pitching. Not everyone, but kind of all all our borderline good hitters. I was not using the T, just throwing. They were getting a hit every time. Like it was nice. by far our best game. So it, it made me leave the season kind of feeling good because if you compare it to where the season started, um, you know, you could tell there was a, a big growth by the end since we played so well in that last game. So it had me feeling good. I, I, I'm still not sure if I want to continue this coaching thing. But it right. had me f- feeling really good. It got you in the point of like, if they asked you that night, so you're going to come back next month and continue with the same kids, you'd be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like like I this is it. the point after the World Series, you, you you don't ask the the coach if he's returning or not because he's not in a good state of mind. I was not in a good state of mind because I probably would have said, yeah, sure, I'll come back. The parents were really grateful and nice and sweet too. And the kids, you know, coming up, getting hugged. They, they were nice too. So it got me all my feels. And so then I was, you know. But now looking back, having you know a week to think about it, I don't want anything to do with that. But 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 we'll see. We'll we'll see what the needs are and um yeah, I'm I'm undecided for next year. Okay. I'm like Buck Showalter here. I'm on the fence. Who knows? I might just go, you know, into broadcasting and broadcast some yeah. of the games. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Buck Showalter, well, I had a uh, guest preacher at church on Sunday. And and Buck Walter. It was it was this older guy from Texas, and I was pretty sure it was like Buck Walter's younger brother or something, mm. because I felt like Buck Walter was giving me a sermon, and I was like, I could listen to this all day. 
Bill Showalter's he'd, brother, he would, yeah. He'd get distracted just like Buck would and just talk about something random. Go on some tangents. Yeah, some tangent, and then he'd bring that tangent back, and it was it was great. I felt like it was Buck again. So I have my last Little League game on Thursday, and then we have the playoffs. Okay. So so a little bit. And it's single elimination playoffs? Uh, yeah. Double elimination? Single elimination. Okay. So, And I'll, is I'll, it seeded, so you're going up against a top seed? I'm sure it is, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So just call us the Texas Rangers. Mm. Because we're gonna we're gonna go undefeated, take out all the little guys. I think Arizona Diamondbacks is a better comparison. Arizona Diamondbacks, yeah, that's only true. the second team in the history of baseball, and I think the fifth team in the in the major American franchises to do 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 you know what the stat is? I don't know where you're going with this. To have a negative run differential in the regular season and then make it to the championship game of their sport. If negative in the regular season. Negative. Yeah, that, and that's why you have reports like the report coming out a few days ago that uh, Major League Baseball will reevaluate the playoffs based on this year. Is there anything you saw, Josh, in the playoffs where you're like, Major League Baseball needs to fix this? No, I don't think so. I mean, I... The, the Orioles and the Braves should have won the game. They like they played horrible. So like, yeah, the Orioles, Braves, Dodgers all got knocked out, but they didn't deserve to win any of those games. So is there a seeding problem? I mean, I think there should be some reseeding each round, but that didn't affect the Orioles. I don't I don't Yeah, I don't to reseed know. you would have to get passed around. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like yeah. All right, so maybe if they reseeded, the Orioles would not would play the Astros instead of the Rangers or something. I don't. Right. I don't um, think that matters. The Orioles played bad. The Dodgers played bad. The Braves played bad. All three of those teams played great in the season and played bad in the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't see how changing anything would have made things better. Well, here's a couple points. Okay. I, I think the reseeding just makes logical sense. Oh, I know. I agree. In the next round, the top seed should play the bottom seed, like each round. Yes. That makes sense to me. And you know what? The Actually, is, I, I didn't even know that that wasn't what, what was happening until the playoff this year started. I just assumed right. they receded. The truth is, I wish well, I wish the wild card round was one game. One game on the same night. I like that. I like the pressure of a one game wild card. I like that it's then less time off for teams like the Orioles and Braves. And I like that we would have the World Series wrapped up around now. You would have one game in November instead of four or three or yeah. whatever it is in November. That's my other thing. And that's something they'll never, like, also, if you want to avoid this, have less wildcard teams. If you right. really want to value the regular season, less no. wildcard teams. They want but that's TV something money. you ever go back on. Yeah, no, you never go back on. There's never less games. There's never less teams. It's always right. more. It's always um, But But to your point, I also think um, – there's too many off days. And I understand that it's they travel. have the set date in October yeah. that the playoffs are being played. But like after series are ended, if a series ends early, Bump it everything up. should be moved up. It should. Also, but, it's all, but it's all about TV. It's all about TV. I understand. TV I understand. I, I know why it exists. And it's a, and they do off days because goodness knows they don't want to ever play on a Sunday. Right? They, they didn't play on Sunday because right. you never want to compete with the NFL. They have to design everything around the NFL. Um, but, but the other thing is, I don't, I don't even think 
you need off days on travel days. Orioles don't get off days every time they travel somewhere. Right. You don't during the season. Yeah. And that's part of, and you want the playoffs to mirror, I feel like, the regular season. And part of the regular season is it's a grind. You can't rest your bullpen arms every every game because you have off days every other game, right? Like the 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 challenge of baseball that makes it kind of cool and hard is you got to play twelve games in twelve days and you got to travel to three different cities and still play all those games. No, so that's I would true. I would be in favor of getting rid of the majority of these off days. I think I'm there with you, right there with you, because it's also then allows you to you have to pitch your pitching staff more like the regular season and not just rely on three guys to get you through. Yeah, yeah. It it it, it I think it's it um it encourages um and values deep rosters and and and, and as a fan, like I don't get off days. <laughs> like we're used to in baseball, you play every night. Um all these off days I don't get. Oh you travel to a new city. Oh you have to go from Houston to Dallas or Arlington. So we need a day off to travel, (laughs) to travel a few hours in Texas or even, you know, from Arizona to also can I say, I'm not a big fan of the state names. Give me a city, Arizona. What is that? Right. Texas and Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Call me Dallas and Phoenix or whatever. Give me some cities here. I don't like these state names. Give me cities. It's not the Maryland Orioles. I'm with you. Of course, if, if John Angelus could get his way, it would be the Maryland Orioles. Yeah, I mean the DMV Orioles, the DMV Orioles, the the Mid Atlantic Orioles. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, something to also capture North, How to capture North Carolina in there too? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The East Coast Orioles. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. The John Angelus Orioles. Yeah. So, I yeah. So I would be a proponent of that, but I don't think any of that reseeding less off days would have changed what happened this year. No, nope. um, So I agree. It's just, it's one of those things. I always look at the playoffs and think, okay, what can the orders learn from these teams? And I'm not sure if there's much to take away from it. I mean, the diamondbacks are the worst team, but they remind me more of the Orioles and that they're young, they're athletic. They steal bases. Um, of course they have Carbon Carroll. They have a, a bunch of pitchers who seem to be pretty good that you'd never heard of um, strong bullpen. So, the Diamondbacks, they manufacture runs. The Diamondbacks remind me more of the Orioles. Um, and the Rangers, you know, are more this combination of young players and also highly priced free agents. Um, so they're a little bit different. But, yeah, I, I feel like we learn uh, very little from these playoffs. And All right. I, mean, I, well, I know people – yeah. what, what can the Orioles learn from the Orioles in this playoff? Is there anything we can take away from our own team and how we struggled in these playoffs? Yeah, that's why I don't even know what there is. I don't like even know just, what there is. We just hit a bad stretch, right? Yeah. I mean, I was listening to someone talk about the the Phillies on the Baseball Tonight podcast, and he had the stat for, like, amount of balls that the uh, Phillies popped up. And, like, they popped up in, this like, the late innings a tremendous amount of balls uh, much more so than regular season. And their argument there was that they, his argument was this shows they were overswinging. And when you overswing and try to, you know, hit a home run every time, Josh knows this from softball. Um, I know this from softball. If you get the bases loaded yeah. for me, I'm going to pop it up every single time because I'm trying to <laughs> hit a home run every single time. Right, right. And so is there, 
some of this trying too hard and you start to play differently in the playoffs than you do in the regular season. I mean, Arizona is the opposite of that. They clearly are playing, you know, the way they played the regular season even better than, you know, in the playoffs. So is there some of that? Maybe. It's just there's no way to tell, right? Is it that? But also, like you point back in, I would point back two of the biggest factors that led to our, our losing was Grayson Rodriguez and his terrible start. And Cobb Bradish being okay, but but not as dominant as we got used to Cobb Bradish. And I don't know if there's anything to learn from that. I mean, I'm rolling my dice with Cobb Bradish and and Grace Rodriguez, you know, every time. No, every time. Exactly. I would not have chosen different. I don't and I don't even have a problem with how Hyde, manager Hyde, did the splits. I don't have any problem with that either. Yeah, I mean, do, do I never do I think Brian Baker shouldn't have made the roster? No, but yeah, but exactly. Is he but, the reason we lost the whole series? No, I don't no. buy that either. So, no. right, right. Should he have been put in that game? No. But yeah, should we've been in a position to have him in that game? No. Yeah, I think in general, uh, we put way too much stock in a manager's decisions with bullpen, you know, in fifth and sixth innings. I, I mean, there's only so many options. He's using the arms we have. And I think there's so much more that goes into kind of managing a team and managing these young men and holding the team together and kind of motivation and effort day in and day out. And sometimes we ignore all that and we just want to call a manager good or bad on how he uses the bullpen in the sixth inning uh, right. or in Hyde's case, how he uses splits in, in, the, in the fifth inning. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think too much is made of, of, of that stuff. But um, – no, I, I think our roster is good. I think our roster is going to be good next year, no matter what we do in the offseason. Um, and I think, you know, we're a playoff contending team. And if that same situation arises where we play Texas again, I feel I feel good about our chances, even knowing what happened this year. No, I agree. I agree. I wouldn't change anything as far as the team. It's just that I'm not a fan of the days off those five games or in between. I'm right there with you. Yeah, the other days off are annoying and weird, but it's hard to say if it's if that's really something. Well, and it's it's hard to think. Like I don't think those days off benefit the team. They do for pitching matchups, but the days off throughout, it's all about TV. And I wish it. I wish they didn't worry about TV and ratings. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Orioles hitters not seeing in-game live pitching for a week. I don't think they're happy about that. No, right? they're not. Definitely not. But I'm saying more of the day-to-day games to a day off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't think that's necessary because that's all because of TV. Yeah. But you're no, right. You what mean, were the the Orioles and the Braves, were, what were they doing during this time? They were doing simulated games at Camden Yards. Yeah. You know how lame practice is? Yeah. When, when you're good. trying to, like, get real games in? You can't simulate a game and take it seriously. Yeah, especially at this point when the, the no. season's done and you're just waiting for playoffs. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard week to wait. I like, guess it's a hard week for fans to wait for that. Right. You think when <laughs> the they do games. those you think when they do those simulated games, they have in their back pocket the the splits for each other. So the you know, Brian Baker's pitching, he knows, oh, Gunnar Henderson's up. Here's what I gotta throw him. I or do you know. think it, they're just throwing uh easy pitches right across the plate? Well, I mean, the NFL sometimes, I remember reading about, you know, the NFL sometimes will 
like for example, when teams are playing Lamar Jackson, they'll have someone be Lamar Jackson and right, run around. Right. Um, so did they like what well, maybe Dean Kramer was trying to pitch like Nathan Avaldi and trying to like do his repertoire and 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 pitch his stuff. I don't know. Uh to, to prepare for the Rangers pitchers. Which yeah. will just mess you up. Yeah. Um, either way, yeah, I don't think it's it's beneficial. Josh, the Orioles made a few changes. You want to talk about those real quick? Yeah. Yeah, you mean like the, the pitching, coaching, and coaching arrangements? Where yeah, so... Cole is no longer the pitching coach? Yeah, so we had a, a pitching coach and assistant pitching coach, right? Two pitching coaches. Yep. Um, Chris Holt and Darren Holmes. Um, both are not returning as pitching coaches. Chris Holt is going back to being full-time director of pitching. Um, right. That's, that's <laughs> which, which is what he was before along with yeah. pitching coach. And that really just means he oversees the pitching training philosophy among all the leagues, among all the teams. Yes. Like yeah, all, the, all the levels. levels is the better yeah. word. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And right. so Orioles are framing it, framing it as we're letting him kind of focus more on this primary role. Well, and I, I agree with that. I think it's, do we really need him there in the bullpen or do we need him developing the pitchers throughout and the, the overall process of getting the pitchers to where they are? I trust him. I like what he's done with our pitchers. All right. Um, and do you disagree? Right. Well, I maybe, but it's also might be a, a nice way to say, you really sucked at this job. No, I don't think it is. I don't. <laughs> Let's think go back to what you were doing before. I don't think it's a you suck at this job. But isn't it a very different skill set, Josh, to be in charge of the whole kind of philosophy around yes. pitching an organization and compared to working with individual major league pitchers? Isn't that like a different skill set? Yes. I feel yep. like it is too. No, it is. It is. I um, am a... I'm a better manager in some regards for certain things than going out and doing it myself. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked about it before. Like I, in, in little league, I'm good with coaching the team where I struggle sometimes is helping out individual players to hit better, or throw better. I don't really know what to tell them, but as far as like overseeing the team and stuff, I feel really good about that. And I feel really good also about like designing good, practice activities and good stations and kind of over, over that stuff, but not when it talks about like having these individual conversations about someone's position of someone's elbow when they're up uh, at the plate. Well, and if you think about it, we haven't seen pitchers really take a big improvement in our bullpen. We've seen them take an improvement in Sarasota or down in the minors working their way up to our pen. You haven't seen a guy have a bad day on Tuesday and then Saturday he looks outstanding. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, because we did see guys like Cano and Bautista emerge out of nowhere. We also saw Rule 5 guys get better over time. I guess. Like Sino Perez. Um, but yeah, but then I mean, we also seen the other end where Fuji made really no improvements. Uh, when he came to Orioles and no. Brian Baker has been inconsistent. So a little bit of both mixed bag, but I mean, overall, I mean, this year, I think their bullpen was fifth and our starter was eighth in the ERA. So big improvements overall for the pitching staff. Yep. And the other guy who was in charge, the other assistant pitching coach was Darren Holmes. And again, they, they, no one ever says the word fired anymore. So maybe he wasn't fired, 
but they just he's not returning with the organization. So um, who knows what that means? But what I mean, I know what it means. I mean, it means Darren Holmes isn't coming back. But if it was <laughs> right, the decision right. or the Orioles' decision, was we he fired? Know. Was he whatever? Um, Darren Holmes is not coming back. So right now we have no pitching coaches. Okay, does that concern you? No, I, I think Elias actually has proven to be really good at hiring smart coaches. So I assume it'll be a young guy you never heard of. Uh, maybe be someone t- internal, you know, sometimes they could promote a double A AA or triple A pitching coach. Um, or or they bring someone on the outside. I don't envision Elias and his style bringing in an old school style pitching coach. So I, I assume um, it'll be someone we never heard of. And that's fine. I mean, I think um, Elias has hired seems to me pretty good coaches. So I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah. I have no problem with it. Yeah. But I, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't, don't expect a, a Rick Kranitz or, or I don't know, Rick Adair kind of guy. Um, I think it's going to be someone we've never heard of. I was surprised. And I guess there's still time that Buck Britton hasn't gotten a promotion yet. Because I maybe maybe it's just because they haven't other people haven't left. I was sure that Freddie Gonzalez would be leaving this year. No, he's coming back. Yeah, I mean, every, I every, everybody and else thought, think is pretty set. And I thought Buck would be coming up as bench coach. So that was a surprise on the coaching tree. It was also a surprise for me to learn that we have a coach of offensive strategy. Oh yeah, Cody Ash or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah of offensive strategy. I didn't know that. So. His whole thing is just the analytics for who when to pinch hit, I guess, and lineups. I mean, what's your yeah, offensive, yeah, yeah. Your offensive I, I, strategy? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I assume, I don't know, hit and runs, stealing right. bases. Is, is that just a fancy um, name when for your hit? sacrifices? Is that just a new name for a hitting coach? No, I'm, I mean, I think this is a new name for um, a math nerd that didn't a exist nerd. Ten, 10 years ago. Yeah. Like I don't think he talks to players at all. I think he's just he's just back there on his, his computer, with his yeah on on his iPad figuring numbers out. And okay, that's so he's he's it's not this is the guy that bangs the trash can. No, maybe this is the guy that used to bang the trash can. <laughs> right, but this is this is the guy who banged the trash can for Houston. Yeah. So, um, but hopefully he's making more than the trash can banger. All right. So is that all that the Orioles have done this week? Um, two month. other smaller notes. Well, this one's not a smaller note. Uh, Brad Stelick, the our, I don't know what the term is, director of scouting, head of scouting, whatever. Um, he's not returning either. Um, this seems to be his decision to, to get a promotion and go on to, to greener grass. He's going with the Nationals. Um, and I believe Matt Blood will be taking kind of over his role as the head of scouting. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, uh, Brad Selick has a really good rec- uh, resume. I mean, we see the roster no, this of, is... of being good at his dra- at, at the whole draft thing. Well, and this so... is simply the Nationals trying to poach poach people. Right. And if I was running another team, I would look at the Orioles draft and I would say, oh, who's in charge <laughs> exactly. of drafting these players? I want that guy. I'll right. pay him more money. I'll give him a better title. And, he doesn't, ha- and he doesn't have to move because he probably lives in Anne Arundel County or something in the middle. Yeah. Next door neighbors with Steve shoddy over there, and he, he's, well, he's good. Right, yeah, something like that. So yeah, you just send him more money. 
Yeah. I, though I'm not that concerned because to me, um, this is Michael Elias's forte, right? This is what he's oh, yeah. known for. And I trust Mike, and I know Michael Elias is not sitting back and letting director scouting pick all the players. Like I Michael Elias, I he is very hands-on with the draft. And so the fact that we learned lost Brad Selick is I mean, not good news, right? You don't want to lose good people. And it sounds like he was really good at a job. But Mike Elias knows what he's doing in the player draft department. So I'm right. not concerned really at all. Yeah. And they promoted Matt Blood. He's been with the Orioles for over four years, four or five yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. He came so with Elias. He seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. Yep. He's all good. Uh, the last note, this is not someone who has uh, – left or a change but just kind of something to note the red sox hired a new general manager as part of the general manager search they interviewed a bunch of guys they wanted to interview sig Mydell, yep but the orioles didn't let them interview sig Mydell. josh how do you feel about the orioles I, not letting the red sox interview sig Mydell? i never i never like when a team says no you cannot interview because I get that you have a contract, but how does that work in any other business? Another one of my competitors can't doesn't have to call my boss and ask permission for me to be interviewed. Um, but Josh, wouldn't well, it be kind of cool? Like, so, like, I, I'm here at Mercer. Let's say Georgia's too big; they'd be like the Yankees. Kennesaw State for people in Georgia is another big university. Kennesaw State calls my boss and says, "Hey, we want to hire." Dr. Soroka to come yes. over here and be a professor. And they say, no. First of all, can I say, I hear about that. Hopefully they tell me. If they don't tell me, that's a whole other thing. But hope they tell me. And I'm very flattered by that. I think, oh, oh yes, yeah, totally. loves me. And, but, and now I'm going to go in and ask for a pay raise. But right. I feel I'm pre- feeling pretty good about myself that Mercer appreciates me and and and, and wants but, me on their part of, to be part of their team. Yeah, that's great. But don't come and ask me how to pay raise because I just said, no, they can't have you. You're stuck here. You can't leave. Yeah. Why would I give you a pay raise? Uh, wouldn't it be better if if they offered you money and you went to your boss and then the, your boss said, actually, no, we want to keep you here. I don't want you to go to Boston and be their GM. I'll pay you like a GM here and call you GM VP. Yeah. Hey, but, like, but, like the Orioles saying no doesn't help Sigma Dell at all. Well, you don't. And, and here's the thing. We have no idea, right? People have said, I don't know if this is true, people have said that Sigma Dell likes to be kind of behind the scenes and not the number one guy, which is very possible. Um, well, yeah, so I'm, what do you think? The Orioles said no, on, went to Sig, and Sig said, can you just say no for me? Yeah, I think it's very possible. No. I think, it's I, think, I think they asked Sig, and Sig was like, you know, I really had no interest. And then the Orioles said, well, we have no interest in having you interview. So no one, so they just ignored the Red Sox phone, phone calls. I think it's very no, but, possible. But they didn't just ignore the phone calls because no, Sig would say no. No, thank you. I'm not ready to move on. And then it wouldn't be a news story. The only reason it's a news story that we even know about is because the Orioles went out and said no. I, I disagree. I think I think Ham and Sig could have both said no together. I I think you are given the Orioles too much credit. I don't think that's how business Elias works. and Sig are BFFs. If one of my competitors called my boss and said, hey, we'd like to bring Josh over here, my boss wouldn't call to me and say, hey, 
your competitors offering you more money and a promotion. Do you want to take it? No, my boss would just say no and not tell me about it and not give me an option because why no would I way. risk losing you? No way, Josh, because these contracts don't last forever and the Orioles will never tell us any contract information from Michael Elias or Brandon Hyde or Sigma Dell. So we right. don't know the contract situation. But if if I want to be part of an organization for a long time, if I, if I want Sigma Dell to be part of this organization for a long time, I'm not going to treat, treat him like that, right? Because then the second I get a chance to walk, I'm walking. And if they want to, you know, renew Sig's contract and they want this to be a partnership that lasts a while, and Sigma Dell seems pretty good at his job. No, I, I think it's very, I think it would not be surprising at all if the Orioles were up front and they sat down with Sigma Dell and kind of reached a conclusion to, together and reached a conclusion together that was to not even interview with the Red Sox. I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't think, I don't think that would help either way. If I think you, that's I think that's a reasonable kind of conclusion on this whole thing. I don't think, I don't think that's weird. Okay, I mean it's how it goes, and it's what we hear about teams all the time. But but it says that the Red Sox were denied permission to speak to Sigmidel, so they didn't even get to talk to him. And it's got to be a collective bargaining agreement or some type of thing that the owners have, some type of agreement where I won't try to poach your people without talking to you first because they denied permission to talk to him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, here, here's the report I read from MLB trade trade rumors. It said that Sox wanted to speak with the orders of fifth and GM Sigma Dell yet the O's here's the quote dragged their feet on the process and never provided the Sox with the go ahead to speak with my Okay, so you're saying they just didn't – you're going back to the – he didn't answer the the emails. Yeah, this is what I do all the time. I, I just don't respond to emails. Okay. I didn't deny them the right to speak with anybody. I just didn't respond to emails, and then I read in the news they hired someone else for GM. <laughs> gotcha. So you're not ignoring my emails. You're just dragging your feet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're having internal conversations. Got it. And by the time our internal conversations are done, you've already moved on. All right. Whatever you say, I still think it's wrong. And I hate the whole idea of teams not being able to um, allow you to go interview at another place. And you think it's inconceivable that Sigma Idel would say to the Orioles, I don't want to interview there. And then the Orioles would say, you can't interview them. You think Correct. that's inconceivable? Yes. Okay, let's get, uh, let, 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 let's get Sig on. Because I think that's exactly what happens. All right, I'll work on that. All right, you get Sigon. That'd be the first question I ask him. All right, I'll message him right now. All right, good. So, settle that. All right. Hey, you, you want to rehash some of these? Get this over with. Some of these bold predictions. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let me pull this, some of those up. This is prior to the season, and we're going to sound like idiots. But guys, this was before the season. Okay, we did not know then what we know now. So you all, yeah. if we would pull out your recordings from conversations with your friends at a bar or something about the Orioles in spring training, you would sound like idiots too, all right? So get get off our backs about it. Right. I mean, this is conversation. This is the ep- this is the episode from the last the week before the season March, started. Yeah, right yeah. before the season. So here we go. So, all right, I have the Orioles landing in third place this year. Third place. So I put them at third place. 
Yeah, it's embarrassing. And you have them? I have them at second place. I have them at second place. Okay. I was closer than you were. To I have them at 90 wins. Okay. I have we're, the Blue, we're, right, we're right there. I, I, I have, have the Blue Jays. All right, I've got the Blue Jays and Yankees ahead of them. I debated with the Yankees. All right, so I had Blue Jays and Yankees ahead of Blue them. Blue Jays, Orioles, Yankees, Rays, Red Sox. So obviously we were both wrong. We were both high, high on the Blue Jays. We were both high on the Blue Jays. We both had the Blue Jays winning it all. Yeah, but we were um, both both pro. I mean, you had 90 wins. I had 91 wins. Right. Big improvement um, from 83 the year before. Yeah, and, and it's a playoff. That's a playoff record right there. Yeah, so I was. Uh, I thought we did pretty good. As far as I mean, we both said they would make playoffs, right? And I think I mean I, I forget what what did um, Vegas have the Orioles at like eighty seven something, eighty seven, yeah, eighty seven went. No, it wasn't that high. Uh, I don't was know eighty three. I don't know what uh, Vegas, but it was it was low. Was it even five hundred? Um, yeah, it was five hundred. I think it was eighty seven. Okay. All right. How about uh, how about we go to some biggest surprise? Um, biggest surprise? Uh, a guy that maybe not people are talking about, but you think will. Yeah, biggest surprise? Uh, Jorge Mateo. Okay. I got Jorge this Mateo is going to take a step up. He's going to get on base more. He's going to move around. That I think Jorge Mateo makes a splash this year. I was feeling so good about that prediction at the beginning of the season. Great April for your prediction. Yeah, exactly. Mateo. Unfortunately, it was for the whole year. Um, how about you? you? Do you remember what your biggest surprise was? Oh, biggest surprise? Probably D.L. Hall. because The guy who I think will end the season as the best pitcher for the Orioles. And that's my man, D.L. Hall. He's my biggest surprise. I think when we look back at the end, by the end of the year... He's going to be the best pitcher on the team starting for the order of the year. So that's my pick. DL Hall for biggest surprise. Yeah, I was wrong on a couple of different levels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was very happy with DL Hall, though, at the end of the season. I thought DL Hall pitched very well when he came back stronger. Yeah. No, he pitched an interesting journey for him going back and building up his strength and um, being kind of an impact arm within the season. So, yeah, good ending for him. Um, I still say the biggest decisions of this offseason has nothing to do with who we trade for, who we sign in the offseason. The biggest decision for the Orioles this offseason is what to do about Tyler Wells and D.L. Hall. As I mean, far that's as starter or bullpen. Starter or bullpen. Because yes. that will impact what you can need to do in free agency. That will impact kind of, you know, a, a lot of kind of future right. moves. Do you view D.L. Hall still as a starter? Do you view Tyler Wells as a starter? Yeah. Uh, that's right. kind of, you, you, you got to figure that out first. And besides affecting the rotation, it, it does affect that bullpen, especially with Batista out for all the next year. Yeah, it does. So like, you're it, lining it, up the new closer. Either one of those could be candidates for that back half of the bullpen. Yep. And they've been insistent that Wells and Hall are both, bull, are both starters. Um, and even this year, the way they talked about it was, this is just kind of a temporary thing. And, and there's, they still view them as starters. Well, if that's the case, you don't need any starters in free agency, but you're going to need some bullpen arms. Right, right. But we'll see. My biggest disappointment is that Ryan Mountcastle 
puts up kind of a down year just like last year. Was Ryan Mountcastle a disappointment this year? No way. I don't think he it's, was. It, I don't I he had a down month. Yeah, you could argue maybe, you know, pre-vertigo um his struggling, but since then, I mean, he was one of our best power hitters. I mean, he went after vertigo, the post-vertigo streak was one of the most impressive kind of offensive streaks you'll you'll ever see from a player. And so me, I look at the season Ryan Mountcastle had and hopefully doesn't have any injuries this coming year. But I I I I I look at him as being a kind of good important part of this of this lineup. Now he is a bit streaky. That that concerns you and doesn't get on base a lot. That's a little bit concerning. But yeah, but I still think I would call this year a good year and uh, hopefully can put up a similar year next year. Yeah, I think he needs to build on it. But I thought that last year also. Do you know what you think was your disappointment? Who you expected to go downhill? Who I expected to go downhill this year? Um, I assume I went maybe in the hitting. Well, I don't. I don't know who I would predict to have a. a maybe Dean Kramer. Let me go with Dean Kramer. That's my guess. Ooh. Uh, I'll give you a how about a clue. Here you go. Doesn't have a great year. Kerstad or Kowser could be taking his spots. Oh, Kerstad or Kowser could be taking his spot. Um, that would be a corner outfielder. Oh, Austin Hayes. That's Austin Hayes. We see kind of another crop of young Three. outfielders coming. And I think if Austin Hayes doesn't have a great year, Kerstad or Kowser could be taking his spot. So um, a big year for Austin Hayes. So yes. I, I hope it's not true, but I could see. Very All right. Now that Austin Hayes had an outstanding year. Austin Hayes had his best year of his career, right? Or am I blinded? Am I am I remembering things wrong? I feel like Austin Hayes had a had a big year for himself. Yeah. I bet if you it's interesting you say that, Josh. I bet if you pull up the stats of Ryan Mountcastle and Austin Hayes. They're very similar. So it's interesting that you would interpret yeah. one as, oh, not a very good year, but maybe you can build off it to career year. Well, why don't we? About the same numbers. Well, why don't we do that? Why don't we take a look? Okay. Because I think, I mean, Austin Hayes, just like I said about Ryan Mountcastle, he is a streaky hitter. He kind of hits for sporadic power. He is dealing with that, you know, Watermore in his defense as a right-handed hitter. Um, but he also doesn't walk a lot, doesn't get those OPP numbers that you'd like to see. And so... All right. One had 275 batting average. The other had a 270 batting average. Who do you Just give? like Ryan Macro, coming in streaky. Say it again. All right. One batter had a 275 batting average. And the one had a 270 batting average. Oh, yeah. So very similar. Yeah. Yeah. This is interesting. I do. I said, well, Austin Hayes stock has gone up. And I look at his past three years, 21, 22, 23. He's gone 256 or 250. Yeah. 256, 250, 275. I look at the last three years of, of Ryan Mountcastle, 255, 250, 270. So yeah, they're both. One has an ERA of two sixty, a batting average, lifetime batting average of two sixty two. The other two sixty three. So you are right in the in the 
the offensive department, they are the same, same type of batting average. And OBP. What about the OBP? And OBP, we've got uh, Austin Hayes has an OBP of 325 and Ryan Mountcastle at 328. So you are correct. And career um, OBPs are close too, right? Where the career, 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 career OBPs are. Career is uh, 314 and 319. Yep. And home runs is 16 and 18. So you're right. I think I expect Ryan Mountcastle as his first baseman, big offensive guy. And I kind of look down. I also think it's that he came in and he had a 333 batting average, then a 255, 250, 270. I don't think of going from 255 to 270. That's a big jump. Uh, And then when I look at, I guess I was just thrown off and I was just judging him more as a, I expect more from Ryan Mountcastle. When you're right, they're very similar. Yeah, and they both come across to me as, uh, how can I say this? As kind of throwback guys, as guys like Dan Duquette guys, where if you look at some of the, you know, some of the guys that um, like Elias prefers, he prefers guys that, walk more i mean that's why i brought in aaron hicks right a guy who who gets on base more i mean this is the calling card of of adley rutschman again had an opp yeah uh, you know like three north of 370 that this, this year um and guys who kind of put the ball in play more again things that austin hayes and ryan mancastle don't do as well um i think maybe the only stat I don't know. I'd be curious to see um, what 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 do their strikeout numbers look like? Um, Ryan, oh, wow. I don't know. I closed it. Okay. Um, whatever. I, I I bet they're. I bet Austin Hayes. Um, I have it right here. He had 141 strikeouts this year. So um, and only 38 walks. That's not a, that's not a good kind of ratio that we're we're looking for here. Um, in fact. You know, I would assume. I mean, Ryan Mountcastle had 37 walks. Austin Hayes had 38 walks. You don't think of Ryan Mountcastle as someone who walks. And Ryan Mountcastle played in about 30 less games than Austin Hayes, yet only walked one less time than Austin Hayes. So that's that's a red flag. And I'm looking. The only people who walk less are not regular players, um, not everyday players. Henderson walked more. Santander walked more. Rutschman, of course, walked more. Cedric Mullins walked more. Um, Aaron Hicks walked about the same amount in the limited time he played. So uh, Colton Kowser walked 13 times in just 26 games. That's more of a Michael Elias guy. So I wonder. I wonder about the futures in this Elias ball club of Austin Hayes and Ryan Mountcastle. I wonder about their futures. Well, you got younger guys that could be pushing the way in both those positions. So Yeah, who have higher on base percentages who walk more who make contact more right in some cases who are more athletic so yeah something just something to watch for all right how about this bold prediction all right sure i'll start um jorge mateo and cedric mullins guys i've mentioned already both get over 30 stolen bases over 30 stolen bases for Jorge Mateo and Cedric Mullins. Do you know how that ended? Yes, I just I just pulled him up right now while you were right. 
playing that. Cedric guy. Mullins got 19 stolen bases, so he did not get 30. And Jorge Mateo got 32. So do I get half a point for that? Uh, yes, you get half a point. Because I then got a little excited in my prediction with Cedric Mullins getting 50 stolen bases. And, yeah. and, and thought Cedric was going to get a lot more. Uh, I don't think Cedric got on base as much as I was expecting. Well, I must have. I can't believe this, Josh. I was just looking at Cedric Mullins' batting average last year. It was bad. I didn't realize it was this bad. Yeah, it's why he ended up like at the back of the lineup, even coming back from injury. He batted 233 this year. Yeah. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, yeah no, he is. We all we talk about we talked a minute ago about like Austin Hayes prediction could lose his spot. I mean, yeah. Well, in his so, last 30 games, just because that's how you know MLB.com has it laid out with the splits. Right. Last 30 games, about a 185. Last 15 games, about a 120. So he was just kind of dragging the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have his OBP? Yeah, I do. I mean, his OBP ended the season at 305, which is worse than Mountcastle and Hayes were just talking about. Yep. But the last 30 games, it was 240. The last 15 games, his OBP was 167. Kind of embarrassing. No, I know. It's, he had a really bad year yeah he did have a bad year so i think that's the biggest everyone's talking about oh well we could trade santander we could trade hayes i think the bigger question is what's going on with mullins i mean post all-star game he had a batting average of 209 uh obp of 249 and uh you know a slugging of 386 that's just really bad yeah. Mm, I just I forgot he was so bad the second half. Seven doubles the whole second half of the season. That's it. Yeah, you know, you, 14 extra base hits. I could go on. Yikes. You jumped in and tried to jump in on the stolen base predictions with me. Yeah, but you were, I mean, we were right on about more stolen bases this year. I mean, I'm, it's amazing that Jorge Mateo. Who just gets on base? Who just we see, seems to get on a base a lot less than Cedric yes. Mullins had over thirty. That's that's incredibly impressive. Yeah. Um. Let's see. How about we go to a little All Star prediction? All right. Who's going to make the All Star game? I have five players making the All Star. game. Okay, I have two for the Orioles. I put Gunner and Adley. I got Adley and Batista. Pick. Yeah, yeah. I have Batista. Okay, Again, as an obvious pick, but I also put Cedric Mullins uh, because I know the outf- he wouldn't be a starter, but I feel like just like he got the Team USA. And then surprise, bold prediction, yeah. I got Kyle Bradish. Ooh, nice. Now, I didn't – now, you got that right with Adley and Batista. Yeah, they were the easy All-Star picks. Nods. Those yep. are the easy picks. Uh I think me picking Kyle Bradish, he didn't get the nod, but I think that's a pretty good bold prediction based on the season Kyle Bradish had. Yeah, no, he was definitely in the running, and if the All-Star game was announced at the end of the season, he would have been on there. Um, and halfway through, I think he was still in. He just didn't. Um, he really didn't put it all together to the second half of the season where he became that dominant guy down the stretch. But, yeah, definitely a great year for Kyle Bradish. Um, and, of course, I mean, we could have, I, I could have done it all – 
I mean, I could have gone on the roster and it would have been a long time before I got to Austin Hayes and even longer until I got to Yenir Kano as our all-star representatives. So you were close to five. I mean, we got four, right? Batista, Cano, Hayes, and Rutschman. Um, You would have never guessed, though, Cano and and Hayes. No, I would have never guessed Cano. Definitely not. And even well, Hayes, too, just because there's so much competition in the outfield. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I mean, I thought he was going to have a down year, but he had a great first half. I, um, then we are, we both went on then to give our rookie of the year nods to Gunnar Henderson. Nailed it. And I, yeah, they haven't announced that yet, right? No, I get I get so confused because they do like the this the rookie of the year, this rookie sporting news yeah. devoted on by the peers because yeah. we got that news this week of voted by peers for GM, manager, and rookie. Um, so I just get confused with all that. Yeah, and we didn't talk at all, and I don't know if you care about the Gold Glove, but um, like yeah, Ryan Mountcastle was nominated at first base, just kind yep. of a weird. Um, list and Austin Hayes was nominated at left field. Right, makes um, sense. But 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 no love for our best outfielder Cedric Mullins and Adley Rutschman was nominated for catcher and, and no love for Gunner. Well, no love for Gunner and I think Gunner was a victim of where do you put him? Right, he's Third base not, shortstop. Yeah, he's not a utility guy and there's a utility thing because he doesn't play everywhere, but he also split his time between third and short. So I, I think he's just a victim of not playing one position. Right, right. But I, but Cedric Mullins this year made some of the most unbelievable catches I've ever seen in my life, and like multiple of them just this this year. And so I think it's a bit silly that Cedric Mullins. And again, I don't know what the Google of how they calculate that. I, I I don't know who does. I don't even know. I guess it's writers right. who decide that. I don't. It's just a, a it's weird writers. award to me. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's weird. It's like second half All Star voting or something. Yeah. Uh, I then went on to predict that Adley and Gunner team up to be the cover of MLB The Show next year. There is Ooh. still there is still time for that prediction, and I think uh, based on how this season went, it's even a higher chance that they could get that nod next year together. Okay. Yeah. So I think I will keep that prediction alive for next year. And then you brought in, jumped in with this bold prediction. My bold prediction is that D.L. Hall will be our best starting pitcher by the end of the year. So... That's my bold prediction with D.L. Hall. Okay. I, that's I gotta, definitely bold. I got to spread because out my stuff here. You got to spread your stuff out? Yeah, you went yeah, all Yeah, I said D.L. Hall was going to be the biggest surprise, then bold prediction for D.L. Hall. I got to spread out my love to the players to give me a, a better chance of, of hitting with one of these gr- gr- grenades and getting close. I'm not putting all my eggs in the D.L. Hall basket. I'm taking notes for next year. Or how, how, about, how about this comment by you? Our success is dependent upon... Cole, uh, Cole Irvin and Kyle Bradish and Kyle Gibson, so much and Dean Kramer, so much of our success. If things do not go as I think they are, it's going to be because of starting pitching. Yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. Yeah, I mean, Cole Irvin was a failure, but I think Kyle Gibson held his own this year. He was fine. And Kyle Bradish stepped it up and Dean Kramer stepped it up. Kyle Bradish was great, and Dean Kramer was honestly a lot better than I thought Dean Kramer would be. Um, and and so Dean Kramer had a, a fine year. Kyle Gibson had a fine year, and Kyle Bradish had a great year. Yeah, and that's and exactly what you were concerned about. I think if things go off the rails, it would be because Kyle Bradish can't figure it out, and 
Dean Kramer regresses and um, Kyle Gibson and Corvin are just okay, but not good. They're just average. I, that's where things go south for us. And I think that's the exact prediction because that is Gibson and Gibson was average. Irvin was struggled, but Kyle Bradish and Dean Kramer is what made the difference. Yeah. And if you look even now, like just at our, who, who we were starting versus some of the other kind of contending teams and in the AL East, like we're rolling out Dean Kramer, Kyle Bradish and, and Kyle Gibson, Kyle Gibson, a journeyman, Kyle Bradish, completely unproven Dean Kramer up and down, depending on the year. And this is who we're rolling with. I mean, no John Means. Cole Irvin was actually really disappointment. So you could have thought, oh, man, that was our fifth starter. Um, I, I think the guy I didn't mention who had a great first half, and it was an important first half because he bridged the gap to Grace Rodriguez, and that's Ty- Tyler Wells. Like his great first yeah. half was so huge for us looking back, right? Because that was pre-Grace Rodriguez, and Rodriguez struggled and sent back down. And so Rodriguez could have that, and we were okay because we had Tyler Wells. And then when Tyler Wells went down, uh, Grace Rodriguez stepped up. So the timing of that worked really well. Um, but yeah, like this, this is a team that was built around unproven starting pitchers, and they did well. Right. Uh, I found another prediction we did well on. My home run prediction is that Adley and Gunner both get twenty five home runs. Oh, what's the final number on those? The final numbers for those is yeah. uh, Gunner had 28, tying with Anthony Santander for the lead, and Rutschman had 20. Okay. So 48 together. So I, I was pretty happy with that prediction. Yeah. we. I mean, we, we don't have a lot of ton of great power hitters. No. Like... Um, this Garcia guy, <laughs> who I'm, I'm afraid, like he might, my son might turn into into a Texas fan just because of Adalas Garcia, because he just crushes big home runs. Um, but he's a home run hitter. Even Corey Seager, right, is a home run hitter. Um, the Rangers have three guys who had more home runs than our top guy. And Josh Young would have had more home runs. He, he ended up season with 23, but he missed a whole bunch of games or he would have had more as well. So, yeah, I think something this team lacks, I'm curious to see kind of Thor is doing about it, is kind of power hitting. Um, when your best power hitter is Gunnar Henderson, right. it's a little bit surprising um, that the most home runs you get is 28 and you only have three guys. Well, I, was, I forget what the, something like the Braves had. I don't know seven guys with over 20 home runs. The Orioles just had three with yes. 20 home runs or more. That's I'm, – I'm curious to see if, if you can – how that plays out, of course, um, and if the Orioles try to address it at all. Uh, all right. Totally agree. And part of that answer might be in your next prediction. And I like this prediction because we made this back in March, and it's the end of March last year, and you are talking about the playoffs already in your prediction. That's where I'm at. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Mine's actually in terms of playoff roster. A guy who I playoff roster. Okay. Yeah. A guy who I think is going to be on the playoff roster. All right. Do you know who my bold prediction is for this guy is going to be on the playoff roster? Oh, is he currently in the system? 
He's currently in the system, but currently not on the 40-man. And currently not. Kerstad. Yep, Heston Kerstad. My bold prediction that Heston Kerstad will be up in time to make the playoff roster for the Orioles. How about that prediction? That's pretty good. You got That's that pretty, one. pretty, pretty, pretty good. And he, uh, and I was just looking, he did get two home runs and a total of 13 games with the Orioles. So if you spread that out for a season, there's your next 20 home run guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, and look at what he did. I mean, you have to look at what he did in the minors to get a more accurate picture of his power. But, I mean, but people, we said it before, but anecdotally, people says his power on this team is kind of unmatched by anybody. Yeah. Um, so no. he had more power than Gunner, more power than Adley, more power than Santander. If you talk about just kind of pure power, uh, this is the guy. He's got it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and it's one of those things that after I have the transcript here and we started talking about how Kerstead could hit the warehouse one day because he's that type of special guy. And I think we've seen just glimpses of that power at Camden Yards and with the Orioles that I can't wait to see him in the lineup every day. I guess is DH next year is where he'll be used a lot. Yeah, Does I mean, I don't know how many it? potential 30 home run guys we have on this roster, and I don't know if he's going to get there next year, but looking in the future, like Heston is a potential, you know, over 30 home run guy, and, you know, those guys don't grow in trees. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and I, I love that. If you want to know the state of mind of what was going on outside of the Orioles at this time, we were still having the Lamar Jackson discussion. Is Lamar uh, Jackson going to be a Raven? And the – we just found out about the entire gym. Remember his little gym in a backpack? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we just found that thing out. So that's where the rest of our bold predictions episode went. But I think it's exciting to have a year like that where we're able to make some fun predictions and actually see that some of them did go, come true. Yeah, because every I feel like every year with the bold prediction, we're insanely optimistic yes <laughs> just because we are we view the whole you know we view everything through our orange colored glasses we're drinking the orange kool-aid what you uh whatever metaphor you want to use um and usually we're a little off base with that a little bit too optimistic but this year ironically we weren't, weren't optimistic enough in like terms of our record overall now was i too optimistic on dl hall and were you too optimistic sure. on mateo that's gonna happen absolutely so like but looking back josh um, if we were if, knowing what you know now, kind of going back, um, what were some like what what were what were the bold predictions that we could have said at the beginning of the year that actually came true? That um, Cobb Radish finished top five. Here's one. Yes, Cobb Radish finished top five in the ERA in the American League. I think Here's we one. downplayed Gunner's power to be leading. Okay, the that team he would in lead the runs. team in home runs. Yeah, I think that. Um. I think if we really wanted to get bold, we would have been guys like Cano stepping up that we wouldn't have seen coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. Offensively, there's no one. I'm just looking kind of through offensive stats. There, There's no one offensively who's like. Right. Like, okay. Oh, O'Hearn. O'Hearn was a surprise. Oh, O'Hearn. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. That would O'Hearn be the only one. Was yeah. he even on the roster when we were having this conversation? <laughs> I don't, I don't, he may not have been, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's a good one. He would, yeah, that's a bold prediction. Yeah. If we're thinking about positive predictions, it's, it's bullpen guys. 
Well, it's Kyle Bradish. It's pitching. It's pitching, guys. It's yeah. Kyle Bradish. It's Kramer did take that step up. It's that first half of Tyler Wells. Yeah. And I, I mean, mean, we were and we were high on Tyler Wells because we had him on the podcast. We he he was a smart guy. We liked listening to his him talked through his process of thinking and and through pitching. Uh so we were high on Tyler Wells, but I don't think none of us we expected that first half. Yeah, yeah. I guess the first half of Tyler Wells, the Cano certainly emergence. I mean, the dominance of Batista. Um I mean Kyle Bradish is the biggest one though. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle Bradish is definitely the biggest one. But you know what? Kyle Bradish had an ERA of two eighty three. Right behind him was Tyler Wells at three at three sixty four. Well, I don't know if that's right behind. It's almost a point higher, but yeah. No, but I mean, in our starting rotation, he was the next guy. Oh, yeah. even I mean, that's a little bit surprising. You would assume Grayson Rodriguez would have a better ERA, but I guess because he was got off to such a rough start. Yeah, he had the rough start. So he had that 435. Kramer had a 412, and then Gibson had a 473. But you know what's even What's the impressive, last time Josh? we had a rotation out Josh, of five? You know what's even more impressive? What? Look at if you have Tyler Wells' stats pulled up. Look at his because he gave us some home run balls, but but look at his bad and average against. Uh, Do you have that up? For Kyle Bradish, his bat and average against was two fifteen. That's dominant. Wow, that is dominant. You see what Ty- Tyler Wells is? Mm, Tyler, no, I don't. His bat and average against, according, I mean, this is on MLB.com. It can't lie, right? One ninety three was his bat and average against. Wow. Now the thing that killed God Bradish, we all know it. I mean, the good thing that killed Tyler Wells, we all know it, is the the twenty five home runs he gave up. Yes, um, in the one hundred eighteen innings, that's a lot of home runs. Only Dean Kramer gave up more home runs, and Dean Kramer pitched about sixty more innings than than Tyler Wells. And Tyler Wells is twenty eight years old. Kyle right. Bradish is twenty six years old. Right, and they're just coming into their own. Grace Rodriguez yeah. is twenty three. We have right. a young squad. Dean Kramer is 27. Yeah. Yeah. So these guys are going to be fun to watch for a while. Kyle Gibson is 52. <laughs> no, he's not. He's 35. Okay. Kyle Gibson's not that old. We're at the, Matt, sorry, but we're at the point where every Oriole player, even the old guys, are younger than us. Yeah. Is there any, there's certainly someone in baseball older than, that's older than us, though, right? No. I passed that age a few years ago. Let's see. The uh, currently the oldest player in baseball is. Let's see what MLB.com tells me. The oldest current baseball player is Rich Hill. Yeah, yeah, Rich Hill still playing. Yeah, he's older than us. He's got to be right. He is. Uh, he's in his forties. He is like forty-five days younger than me. He's a month and a half younger than me. Okay, he's he's older than me. Yep. I Nelson, still got a shot. Nelson Cruz is 42. Older than me. I don't know if he finished the season on a roster. Uh, Adam Wainwright, 41. Justin Verlander, 40. Miguel Cabrera, this was his last year, 39. So you got a little bit there. All right. Jazz, Jazz here, Roscoe isn't still pitching somewhere? No. Okay. Let's, let's see. Rich Hill. Uh, is Rich Hill retiring? Let's see what Google says. Rich Hill made a statement on August, and what did he say? Um, 
he has all intentions of playing next year. All right, so we can hang in there. Thanks right, to Rich good. Hill. Thank you, Rich Hill. And Justin Berlander at 40 isn't going anywhere. No, but he's still younger. All right. All right. Is this our last episode looking back? Yeah. We can start looking forward. I got some kinda, ar- arbitration numbers we can break down next yeah, episode. Kind of a little soft touch back to the Orioles after after needing some time off. Yeah. No, I mean, this is going to be a really interesting offseason in terms of... I just of, want the World Series to end so the offseason can start. Yeah. Well, I guess you're rooting for someone to win the next three games in a row. Right. I mean, the first two games have been highly entertaining. I, I mean, especially the first game was very entertaining. So I, I just root for entertaining baseball at this point. Yeah. It's 1-1. I mean, you can't... Yeah, you can't complain. Yeah. So, all right. Any more bold predictions over there in your uh, in your recordings? Uh, no. Nope. Right. We're going to wrap it up there. All right. Sounds good. Did you just you just muted yourself? We're wrapping up the show, and you mute yourself. I just slammed my mic down. Slammed uh-huh. my head. I'm, my I, fist I saw down, your mouth moving. To mute my I'm mic. Like, Hold on. I'm like, all right. You're trying. Is that Christmas lights behind you? What's is that, is yeah. that Christmas lights behind you? Yeah, but they're ghosts. Oh, they're right. ghost yeah, lights. Right. They're ghost lights. All right. Yeah. I was concerned that you guys decorated for Christmas in October. No, we don't do that till November first. Okay. All right. Good, because I see people on Facebook with their Christmas trees already up, and I think you are ruining the holiday. No, no, we are too into into Halloween. I got. Ghosts, I got bats in the wall, I got skeletons in here. We're two yep. in the Halloween. That's where I, I I've got to worry giant, about. I've got a giant spider on the roof. All right. So I'm we there. just got a bunch of ghosts outside. We do more stuff inside. I got bats inside as well. All right, nice. I'm there with you. All right, cool. So all right, well, let's get out of here. Guys, you can write us a review on iTunes. If you haven't yet, give us five stars, write us a review, help to spread the word. We're gonna still be Rocking these episodes out during the off season, we got some stuff in the the old cooker we're planning for this off season. So yep, we already continue took, to listen. Took our week off to mourn. Now it's all full steam again. That's right. May even get Josh to talk a little Ravens in here one one week. We'll see. Oh uh, yeah, we'll, we'll I'll have to watch some games. Oh my goodness, he's been busy with family stuff. All right, prior priorities, Josh. Exactly, okay. exactly. I watched so much baseball. I've been kind of scaling back on football. I'll get back okay. into it. Josh, there's it's one game a week. You can't handle one game a week. No, it's hard. All right. But how about? But I can hand, at least handle my fantasy football team. My fantasy football team crushed you guys this week. Oh yeah, where, where are you at in the standings, Josh? I think I'm tied with you now. You're not tied with me. And you never will be, okay? You're in dead last, Josh. I'm not in dead last. There's only I, one person in dead last is you. Well, once this stuff processes, are you winning this week or losing yes, this week? Yes, I'm winning this week, so I'll move on up. All right. Well, yes, I am currently in 10th place at 2-5. and five. The only oh. team in the league that's 2-5. and five. Yes. That Everyone is else is like 3-4, and 4-3. Four, four and three. That is correct. But as of tomorrow morning, I will be 3-5 and five and work my way up. All right. I also next, noticed next you, you, you ignored my trade offers which is pretty ballsy for someone in last place to ignore 
you know, good trade offers. No, I was busy sure. making some making some waiver moves, and now I got the highest score of the week. Okay. So. Well, let's see how that plays out in the coming weeks. Oh, we will. Because that's what everyone listens to this podcast. So go on over and uh, subscribe and rate and review uh, my fantasy. Yep. In the meantime, you can follow us on all your social media platforms like uh, Facebook and TikTok and, of course, X. You can follow me on X at Section336. You follow Josh on X. At Josh Soroka and at Bloodland Sports. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Go Ravens.